everyone and welcome back to Thickcast. I'm your host Molly Edwards and today joining me on the podcast is Jack Wilson. Hello Jack, how are you? I'm very well, thank you Molly. Thank you for having me on. I'm, um, I'm very grateful and uh, I'm excited to have some fun. Thanks. So um, we've obviously known each other for a really long time. Me and Jack used to work together. Um, yes. Great place. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great because of who we worked with, but um, yeah, big, big Riverside. Can we call? We can, we can, we can say where we were. Oh, we? Like I've said so much about that place. There we are. We Good are. fun, they didn't we? Good fun. Um, but yeah, obviously I've been you a long time. We worked together for many a year. But who are you? For anyone who doesn't know, because obviously this is many bodybuilders that listen to this. You're not a bodybuilder yourself, are you? No, so I do um, not so. Yeah, so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a bodybuilder. I wouldn't really say I'm. You're a lifter, aren't you? Categories. Yeah, I lift. I lift on a. I try and lift at least, you know, three, uh, if not four days a week. And uh, eventually, I'd, I'd like to uh, compete within powerlifting at some point. Um, I mean, I was supposed to compete before uh, lockdown, uh, but unfortunately, that all fell through when uh, the gym's closed and uh, I haven't really picked it up, but uh, hopefully in the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how much do you bench, Jack? Because that's basically a question that everyone's going to want to know. Yeah, see, that's... Um, this is the one that you don't want me to ask now, isn't it's it? A, it's a very touchy subject. Um, I mean, I think I've always had... See, I'm just... Here come the excuses, right? So, <laughs> um, it's I've always had a poverty bench. Like... The, the most I've ever benched uh, was 140, uh, so three plates, and it, but it was with a slingshot. Wow. So it's not a raw bench. Uh, I think the most sort of raw benched was like 120, 125 maybe. Uh, I think I'm around that now. Yeah. But I haven't tested it, so I don't actually know. I just had me out of your little bench presses, didn't I? Yes. You did, yeah. You did. You used to wow. have a sit me. I used to hold you your bit of wood. The bit of wood, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to elaborate on that. So it, it's yeah, she wasn't just yeah. We could, <laughs> that could go that could go in a very different way. Um, hold my wood. Uh, so yeah. So for clarification, uh, Molly used to hold my uh, my my block, my wooden block, uh, which is about two inches um homemade um just to help me with benching so not my actual wood i was very good at it as well wasn't i you were yeah you were top notch yeah yeah so thank um, you yeah one of my many skills in life um so yeah you obviously you do lift you're from exeter um yeah um so yeah i'm, I'm from exeter um i've recently moved back i was living in bristol last year where I worked for a chiropractic clinic uh, called Willow. Uh, where I was very, uh, very fortunate to be surrounded by uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of great individuals, great, very great chiropractors um, that taught me a lot. Um, I mean, lessons that I never would have learned probably anywhere else. And I've now, with what I learned at Willow, I've now brought that back here, back home to Exeter. I now work at Exeter Chiropractic Clinic. Um, so I mean, that was the that was the ultimate goal to come back and 
help look after the uh, the Exeter community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and kind of like, I know, well, almost as long as I've known you, you've basically been at uni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you said at uni, like, where did you kind of start? Where did you go into? Because I know you did, um, you had Pure Sports with Scott as well, didn't you? I did, yeah, which was, uh, that was, um, we were doing pretty well with that. But uh, again, unfortunately, because of my studies, I had to take a step back. Uh, but essentially, yeah, so Scott and myself, we uh, studied um, a degree in sports injury rehabilitation. Um, and that's, um, I guess, part of the start of my journey or partway through my journey into chiropractic care. I first came across a chiropractor in Exeter. Um, I'll give him a shout out, Neil Finnamore. Um, he's down in Marsh Barton. He's called, he runs a clinic called Wild Heart Chiropractic. Uh, he was the first chiropractor that I came across uh, back when I was about 16, maybe 17. Um, so I used to go see him. Um, and after that, um, when I went to uni, uh, I never really, I never went back to chiropractic uh, I went down a different route I went down the sports injury route which was very uh, mechanistic uh, mechanistic in a sense of um, looking at biomechanics seeing obviously how the body works uh, and viewing people uh, and viewing them for their I guess their symptoms in a way yeah uh, which is which my thought process with that and my whole belief in philosophy has evolved over the years um, so we speed up to uh, 2017 when I got introduced uh, where I took a job with a chiropractor um, he's called Sari he runs rock chiropractic on the key uh, no, it was him were you doing the massage then because you, you PT that's how we work together yeah 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 so I done PT I done like sports massage and injury rehab, so like exercise rehabilitation, yeah, as well. And I remember Sari asking me, he was just like, "Oh, have you ever thought about becoming a chiropractor?" And I was just like, "No, not really." And he was just, he was like, "Do you want to?" And I was like, "Don't know." And then he was, just, <laughs> and he said there was a uh, open day at a, at a college um, in a town called Abingdon which is up in Oxfordshire. So I went there, uh, had a, had a, like an interview um, and they accepted me onto the course because I think they were just lacking numbers. So, <laughs> and because I had a, I had a yeah, uh, I think because I had a previous degree, um, they kind of just let me on. <laughs> so, um, and then fast forward, um, where are we now? Yes, that course took five years. And that was hard uh, to be fair, because like you were working to pay for that. You were yeah. up all the time, like driving backwards and forwards. Your poor little course that you had. Uh, it wasn't a course. It was a Renault Clio. It was a Clio, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Come on. God. It, was, it was a thing of beauty, that Jack. It was. Yeah, I ran that, ran that car into the ground. I'm surprised it lasted so long. To <laughs> the door, the door hinge literally fell off. It was hilarious. Oh, but yeah, you like to be fair, like you put in a lot of work to. I don't know how you did it to work as much as you did. 
and studio course. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, I think that comes with anything that you look to pursue. Uh, you have to understand that obviously there is going to be a cost of uh, sacrifice and time and energy and money that you put into something that you want to pursue so badly. And uh, quite honestly, um, I think when I first started the course, I think a lot of it was for sort of like ego reasons because uh, so it was like going back to uni, it was more of a mature status. Uh, I, I studied with a lot of older people. Yeah. And because um, it was a it was a master's, I kind of in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I'm, you know, I'm studying like a higher, higher level degree, which I never really thought I'd ever study. So I remember when I finished uni the first time, which is a bit of a piss around, to be honest. Um, I was like, I never want to go back and do that because it was such a ball ache. Um, yeah. Um, which, you know, a lot of education is. And it it wasn't until I've got a bit older and actually started to mature where my mindset around that actually changed. And I was just like, um, I shouldn't be really doing this for myself. I should be doing this for being able to help other people and actually see a bigger picture amongst it you know very similar you know to yourself and and what you do as well it's not you don't just compete for you and but you've now broadened out into a larger space where you actually help other people with their health and fitness goals and also they're competing as well so yeah. um, and I think as well, like when you go back when you're older yeah. I think you get more out of it like I've gone I'm doing like two courses at the moment and like I'm not going to lie, like, I actually thought one of them would be quite easy. I thought it was going to be like a level six course. It's not it's a level six course. And I was like, wow, this is really hard. But you go back into it with very much a different mindset, a very much more willingness to learn. But I feel you go into it more, when you're going older, you've got that kind of like thought process behind you, but like, you actually know why you're doing this course. I felt like when, that's why I didn't go to uni, because when I went through sixth form, they're like, you have to go to uni. I'd be like, right, okay, like, I study but I didn't know what I wanted to be I didn't know what I'm doing I was like uh, I'll do psychology I like that yeah but realistically like, there's no <clears throat> get into that I would want to do which I'd again like it was like A's A stars so psychology yeah psychology courses are really hard so um, I was like well I'll never get into that so uh, won't bother I, I definitely feel that it's it's panned out for you and yeah, I think it's the this could be another completely different podcast on its own, but clearly the universe had different plans for you, and mm. and now you're on this journey of health and fitness. Just you know, from a... I didn't do sport at uni. I didn't want to do sport at uni because I thought all you'd be able to do with a sporting degree <coughs> was uh, be a sports teacher. I was going to be a PE teacher. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's just obviously it's finding something which is appealing to yourself. Yeah, and anything. Well, we used to do teen gym together, didn't we? And I was never a fan of children anywhere near me. So I don't think a PE teacher role would have really worked out for me. Um, no, I agree. So that's for the best. Um, so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, so once I finished, uh, once I finished college, uh, graduated, uh, and then moved to Bristol. I uh, worked for the 
um, Willow, <clears throat> which really they they really broadened my eyes to um, what chiropractic can do for the further community, um, and how it can just help people on a much wider spectrum. Because I mean, you know, a lot of the time when you when you think about chiropractic, most people will be like, oh, it's you know, it's about pain. So it's about back pain. It's about neck pain and headaches and, you know, all those sort of stuff, right? Um, <clears throat> and I mean, for your for your wider audience, I can imagine they're very, what we obviously what's called like right brain. So they're very like um, research-based. Yeah, massively, yeah. Yeah, so I will make sure <laughs> anything I come across, it will be more like right-brained uh, focused rather than left-brained, which is more... I guess you could say yes, like stuff which isn't really measurable on a on a larger spectrum. But I feel like with you, I feel like you. I mean, how long was it ago that we worked together? Maybe like two years ago. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. And I felt like then you were very like research based, yeah. very much like that kind of right brain thing. And being, like, yeah, Molly, I agree with this because that makes sense. Because I read this study, and like you know, you're always got your head in a book reading something about something. Like, and then I feel like now when I talk to you, you've gone a lot more kind of like that left side, like where like more holistic help. Is yeah, that the very much so. Yeah. So within within chiropractic, there's very there's a very large spectrum and along this spectrum so you have one side which is what you'd call vitalistic which um i like to say i'm very much in the middle of um because there's then on the other side you have the mechanistic um so vitalism is all about um, the ability of the bodies uh, the body's ability to heal uh, by itself which is a is realistically a universal truth um, because you know if you use the example of you know if you cut your finger and you put a plaster on it what does the healing well your body it's your body right yeah absolutely that's like an undeniable truth it's not the you know it's not the plaster you put on your finger um you know as well as that if you have heartburn it's not the tablet that you take. If you have a headache, it's not the liquid that you drink, right? It's your body's ability to actually heal. And those ailments of uh, medication, they really only um, mask the symptoms for us yeah. to be able to actually keep on functioning. Um, but <clears throat> you're not actually allowing your body time to heal. Um, and if you haven't had a proper assessment or you don't know what's going on, then all you're really doing, it, you, you're just working around the actual main issue, the underlying cause, essentially. Um, so there is, I think, that coming from a an area or, or a background of research and only working from a, well, this is only, this is the cause, so this has to be the outcome, etc. Um, when I did work with Willow, it's just, opening up my eyes to that it, it doesn't have to be that way because mm -hmm. we're all built differently right? and um, 
what we call our innate intelligence, which we all have. So it's the, again, the body's ability to function and adapt to our surroundings. Um, it's all based off a neurological stimulus. Right? It's all about how our brain basically perceives the rest of the world. Um, but also our nervous system, which then perceives the rest of our body. Yeah. Um, and what we have to realize is that when anyone comes in pain, pain is a symptom and it's an, it's an alarm system. And the way that we tend to treat our bodies, um, very similar to if you're driving along, right? You're in your big yellow van, right? You've got you've got Bertie in the passenger seat, right? And your your engine light comes on. Yeah. Now, with most people, what they tend to do is they will drive their car or their van as far as they can possibly without having to go and see a mechanic. Yeah. Until it gets to that point where your van is starting to like chug along, right? It's going slow, it's eating up gas, the oil's draining, right? Whatever it may be. Now, we tend to use our bodies in the very same manner. When we're in pain, we go, Oh, I'm going to put that off for a little bit. Or yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm just going to take this pill, or I'm going to bandage it up, or I'm going to go get a massage or something like that. And we keep going and going and going. And all in that time, we carry on putting stress on our body. And this stress builds up. And it comes down to the saying of the, the, the straw which broke the camel's back. Yeah. We go to that point where it's just that last straw, something goes, and it could be as simple as bending down to pick a pen up off the floor and it's something that I've heard a million times where something just goes in someone's back and it's just, they're just out of action then. Yeah. They got, they got lower back pain. It's affecting their ability to walk. They can't work, right? It's affecting their their life, their family, their loved ones, their sex life, um, their ability to enjoy their hobbies. Um, and then it's a case of, right, now I need to go see someone. Yeah. But it would make so much more sense if we went to see someone before the problem even started. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. it's it's a it's a case of um, <clears throat> trying to prevention is better than cure. Yeah, and that I think that's the same for like everything, isn't it? Absolutely, like, definitely. Um. So what kind of made you go down the sports rehab route? Because obviously I know you, like you said, you went to university uh, doing sports rehab. What kind of made you go down that route? And then into chiropractic. I know you said you just did it as a bit of a random one, went into chiropractic instead of just sticking with the sports massage, physio. Yeah, that's, yeah so that's a great question. Um, I think... Predominantly, like I, I, I saw myself working with sports teams in the future, um, and I found that was it was a lot of work, uh, a lot of hours, a lot of travelling, and not so much gain from it. So the gain being, you don't see as much improvement um, in athletes' abilities or. Um, 
you don't really see a lot of financial gain from it as well. Um, so there was that element to it. And I wanted I wanted to help people on a much wider spectrum. So there was always something lacking uh, in the background. And when I look back now, uh, when I really think about it, um, I knew, having worked with chiropractors in the past, I knew that chiropractic was the next step. Yeah. I knew it was, this is what I need to do if I really want to go out and help people on a much wider spectrum. And to be fair as well, like, there's a lot of people that are sports massage qualified. There's a lot of people out there that are physios, but it's really, really hard to find a good chiropractor. There are there are plenty of good chiropractors out there, is and it's it's like um, you know, it's it's like any trade, right, or any sort of job that you go to. You know, you have good and bad carpenters, plumbers, bricklayers, PTs, right? There's there's yeah. just a whole wide spectrum of it. Um, and my advice to anyone that's going to actually locate um, a chiropractor. Um, is obviously one that one that is like referred a lot so mm. one was based there they clinic off referrals because it means that they've already built trust with their patients but also someone that you can actually um i guess uh, i'm gonna say mold with right someone that you actually get on with someone that actually listens to you as well and okay. doesn't just see you uh, as a symptom whether it's back pain leg pain whatever you come in with um and one that actually sits down and takes the time to listen to what's going on that gives you a a plan of action so to speak uh, i think like within the especially within the health industry as well um i think it's important to also find a chiropractor that lives by a <clears throat> a healthy lifestyle as well you know it's um for example, if you go to see, you know, your GP and they're, they're overweight and, you know, they don't look after themselves and they're giving you health advice, you know, you, you're going to go the opposite way, right? You're just going to, you're going to be like, fuck that. I'm going to find someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, they are out there. And I mean, if anyone <clears throat> is obviously looking for a chiropractor and they need help, then I mean, it, feel free to you know, reach out, and I'll be able to load. I'll be able to put them somewhere. You don't you? Because I had a client who's in Plymouth, and I was like, "Jack, she needs to see a Cairo. Who can I send it to?" And you gave—I can't remember who it was—but you gave me a name of someone, and I sent her to that person. So you do know people kind of across the country, don't you? I guess yeah. that you're with and things. So. So yeah, if um yeah, if anyone's looking for anyone that's not obviously within this area, then I'm more than happy to to find them and actually locate someone that is um, that's going to use their time wisely uh, to look after you. So, what are kind of the benefits of chiropractic then, and like who can it help? Because <clears throat> people go and they just think, well, they just click and crack you, and then it feels better, yeah. which it does, and it does do a little click, click and a crack. But can you explain that a little bit more? I'd love to. That's, a, that's another great question. And it's uh, to answer your first question, who does chiropractic help? Did you ask that? Sorry. 
Yeah, I did. I said the benefits of it and who could it help. Yeah. So um, I believe um, chiropractic can, can help everyone. And the most commonly seen chiropractic technique, there's a, again, there's a very, there's a very large spectrum of different techniques. And the main one that you see uh, on a day-to-day basis, whether it's, you know, the chiropractor you visit personally or whether it's online, like on social media, um, is what we call diversified technique, um, where you basically, you hear um, the popping noise or what's called a cavitation. Now, the cavitation is, all it is, is a, a release of gas and fluid between the joints. It's, it's very similar to if you like, you know, crack your knuckles, basically. That noise that you hear, the exact same thing happens in your spine. And the the movement of the spine is it's like millimeters. Like it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of movement uh, in order to uh, cause the the popping set or the audible noise that you hear. Um, it's it's and it's it doesn't actually have um, any effect on your ability to feel better it's it's actually the movement of the joint it's applying that force and allowing that um, so a lot of people will be told that it's moving a joint back into place yeah it's not it's not necessarily that at all a joint out of place it's more to do with actually um, getting the joint moving and allowing it's basically allowing a recalibration of the messages which are sent from your brain to the rest of your body. Yeah. So we know that the your, your brain and your nervous system are the first things to form when you're born. Um, obviously, they know this through numerous studies of watching embryos, you know, grow inside their mum's tummies, and it's it's the one thing that needs to last you the rest of your life. And your nervous system, it controls absolutely everything in your body. It controls all your organs, controls all your muscles and all your cells. And uh, there's a reason why our nervous system and our brain is encased in complete bone. I mean, our, our brains covered by our skull and our spinal cord, which is covered by, <coughs> uh, I think it's 20 might be wrong here someone can correct me on this but it's 26 individual bones um, and then you have fused bones at the bottom in your sacrum as well um, they're the that's the only organ within the body which is actually completely encased in bone which just shows its importance yeah and <clears throat> from, from what we know is that through um, other studies is that when people get adjusted um, there's actually changes within the brain as well Uh, and these changes help with recalibration and they also help with um, cognitive function Um, also it's not it's not just about pain anymore it's about uh, overall just functionality of the body uh, and making sure the body is actually able to adapt because every day we are put under stress and mm-hmm. there's three main stresses that we go under. Um, the main stress is physical, yeah. through emotional, and we also go through chemical as well. Now, if we if we're applying this to, let's say your <coughs> your main followers and your main listeners, 
who are, I guess, bodybuilders or figure athletes. Person that's not a a bodybuilder of some, you know, because I've had men, women on here. I think you're the first one that's been on that's not a bodybuilder. So yeah, I think pretty much everyone. Yeah. Bodybuilder, you, Jack. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe one yeah, day. Maybe, maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, so aiming these at uh, you know bodybuilders and people who are in the gym, you know, five six days a week, sometimes you know twice a day, especially if they're in prep, right? Yeah. Um, they have to do some sort of cardio, and then they do some sort of weights, etc., whatever it may be. Uh, is putting your body under physical stress yeah and then we also go for emotional stress on a daily basis whether that's work related uh, it could be financial uh, it could be the stress of actually prepping right so i can only imagine that's a very stressful period of your life to go through um it might even be you know how to take your dog to the vet right that's all very emotional stresses and emotional stress um, and as well as that, the chemical stresses that we put on our bodies, uh, that could be from the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, um, the medication we take. And obviously you and I and, and everyone else knows that within bodybuilding, especially at a high level, um, the, most people take some sort of PEDs, right? And we know that's going to have some sort of androgynous effect on our bodies. Um, so all of this together over time if we're unable to manage these stresses that we put on our bodies um, then there's going to be something that's going to fail something's going to go yeah. wrong right? and a lot of the time the things that i personally see um, with these build-up of stresses uh, is a lot of it's neurological and it's it's stress on the nervous system mm. And throughout time, I mean, especially more recently now, chiropractic, especially within the States, um, most, I'd say all NFL, NBA, and also NHL teams have their own personal traveling chiropractor. Oh, wow. So, and, and it's been, and that's been used for years. And so there's there's massive names that get chiropractic care. There's uh, there's Tom Brady, um, there's Michael Jordan, LeBron James, uh, there's Michael Phelps, there was Tiger Woods, uh, Lance Armstrong. There's like there's there's hundreds and thousands of athletes out there that get chiropractic care. Um, uh, one of the biggest names obviously out there is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger is a, is a great component for. Of, um, for chiropractic um he uses it on a regular basis um you know so there's there's got to be a reason as to why they use this alongside their physical training yeah and a lot and a lot of that is going to be by being able to decrease stress on their spines and their nervous system and their body their body be able to adapt better and if it can adapt better they can recover quicker and if they're able to recover quicker, they can then perform better as well. Um, and, and this isn't just from sort of single case studies, but they've also done studies where they've done um, pre and post uh, adjustments on, on athletes, uh, where they've done a, a high jump, for example. 
So they took a batch of athletes, they tested their high jumps or standing high jump, uh, and then they got them adjusted and they retested and it improved. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's very hard to, <clears throat> and again, for the people out there that are really into, <laughs> into studies, um, that kind of study is very hard to do within an RCT and an RCT or what they call a randomized control trial. Um, is basically at like the top tier um, of all, all types of testing, really. Um, and you might have heard of like testing on like animals, yeah, which yeah. is like which is like way down, like on the on that pyramid um, of hierarchy, so to speak. Um, animal studies they, they have a very small percentage of relevance into uh, into you know human studies, but that's not. That's a completely different uh, topic. But animals. I think I said to you, the chiropractic man that was like adjusting animals. Yeah. Did I send that to you? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, probably. Um, but yeah, that's um. But they yeah, so a lot of... and stuff that like can walk, and then they were like walking again. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's um a lot of uh, a lot of jockeys, so they'll get adjusted. And they'll also have their horses adjusted as well. Because yeah. what they found is that if there's an imbalance within the horse, that then has a knock-on effect on the rider. So if both are in balance, so imagine if um, <clears throat> if you ever seen like a like a brick, if someone's like putting like a brick wall together or like a Lego, let's say like a Lego brick, if you put one brick out of place, it affects then every other brick. Yeah. On top of that and also surrounding right so and it's very you can relate that to also a jockey on top of a horse like if if a horse is uh you know their pelvis is say shifted one side down and one side up then the jockey on top is then going to have to counterbalance that misalignment yeah so yeah. now they're, they're they're not riding in sync so they both get adjusted that's incredible. Yeah. Because I, I very um, much that feeling. I remember the first time you adjusted me was my hips were very out. And I remember literally the feeling afterwards. I generally thought the seat in my car was broken because I felt all the time that, you know, like you go around a roundabout and like you kind of, like you're turning, leaning one way. I was always leaning one way and I thought, oh, my seat's broken in my car. And you adjusted me and I remember saying to you after, oh, Jack, the floor's flat. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. and it's um a lot of people go through the exact same thing. Like after I've adjusted some people, they'll stand up and they be like, "I feel really off balance." Yeah, and then I get them to take a few steps, and then they're fine. And it's just allowing their body to then reconfigure and go. Actually, this is the position that I need to be in. Like this is actually normal. Yeah, and again, it's it's a lot to do with how the brain and the nervous system actually perceives. Um, where our body is in space and time mm. that's that's essentially what you that what you were feeling yeah but you know going back to you know athletes they've been using them for for years to help improve their performance and there's um there's very 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 little if any side downsides to getting adjusted I was going to say, because it doesn't even hurt either, because I get a lot of people like, 
oh, but they're going to crack me and it's going to really hurt. I'm like, literally doesn't hurt, like, at all. It's, it doesn't, it, it looks worse than what it actually, than what it actually is. And it should, with chiropractic care, and I actually put this out to any form of therapy, really, and I'm, and, you know, I'm, what I'm about to say, I don't mean to, anyone that's listening, I don't mean to offend them. Um, it's not to put a downer on <clears throat> any of the therapies that, or therapy uh, modalities that they use. But no therapy should be painful because mm. you're you're trying to help get this person out of pain. Right. And this is I don't want to go too far off subject, but one of my pet peeves is that when you see sort of massage therapists and you know they're digging into this person's muscles and they're going like their their skin goes all like red and blotchy. Yeah. Um, essentially what they're doing is that they're bruising the person that they're treating um which we all know that bruising is actually a breaking of capillaries underneath the skin and that's causing more damage that causes more swelling um and also uh, tissue to the da uh, damage to the tissue as well um and sometimes that can then even go on to then prolong the issue because then your body just recreates and starts developing creating more inflammation which we all know that inflammation or added inflammation is more stress on the body. So any modality that you use shouldn't be causing more pain because essentially when you, when you go into pain, right, you, you tense up. Yeah. We've all been there. Um, and, you know, when you find, or when like a massage therapist, they find like a tough spot in their shoulders and they press down, your initial reaction is, is to tense up. And you don't want to, you want to work with their body. It yeah. makes no sense to work against an opposing patient that's actually resisting against the, the treatment because yeah. else they're not going to get better. It's literally, you're just pushing against a brick wall and yeah. neither of you are going to get anywhere. You're not going to get any results. And you're not going to get the patient any better than what they once were when they actually walked in through the door. Um, and so again, it's and you know I'm happy to. So I guess it's like, or, sorry. like you know if you're going for a sports massage or something, it could potentially still be like discomfort, but not pain. No, no way, no way, not at all. Um, and there, there definitely shouldn't be bruising. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Because then that just personal then just need to recover from that bruising. Yeah. And that causes swelling. So, like, imagine if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're getting ready for a competition, and <clears throat> you go and see a, a massage therapist, and let's say I know they're working on your legs or something like that. If they're causing any sort of discoloration or bruising on your legs, then that is also then going to interfere with your, with I guess that you know the pot. Let's say your calf, for example. Yeah. You know, if you want to be able to actually show your calves and the striations of the muscle on stage, or if you're doing that like a day out and they bruise your leg, then it's not going to show. Yeah, it's just going to look puffy. It's going to look watery. So it's essentially it's going to look like they're, they're retaining water in that area. Mm -hmm. In actual fact, it's just bruised and swelling. Yeah, and because obviously that is something that as as bodybuilders you don't want to get treatment too close to a show in terms of like massage and stuff, but. Potentially, like with Cairo, I think 
we were quite close to show when you adjusted me. And I never had any issues. So how close to show could you adjust someone? Would you need to be adjusted slightly differently? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, this will be this will be dependent on the individual. And if it's someone that's gone through regular chiropractic care and they know how their body, uh, let's say, how their body becomes accustomed to the adjustments, so essentially adjustment is what you see chiropractors do when they when they apply a force into the into the individual spine. Um it's it's how well their body actually copes with the adjustment because I mean there's a few different ways that um it could go. I mean, um if a person comes in, there's not gonna be any swelling. Um, yeah. Um, there's not gonna be any bruising. I wouldn't say I've, I've ever bruised anyone. Obviously, yeah. with yourself, seeing that your body was able to adapt quickly um, is an advantage. But um, the only way to really find out is actually if you go to see a chiropractor. But the the possibility of your body going into some sort of swelling is very minimal. Um, I probably wouldn't. In in regards to my opinion on this. Again, I don't have a great deal of knowledge on uh, on bodybuilding, but I'd say I'd give it at least uh, get adjusted maybe a week, maybe five days before you get adjusted. Yeah. Uh, again, your body is going to be in a very... The client and the practitioner, like you obviously knew my body very well. You knew what it was going to do. You'd adjusted me like freaking loads of times before then. Like without you, I wouldn't have been able to get through prep because you literally kept me very pain free when I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. So I think you knew my body quite well. We knew that I didn't get any water retention from it. We knew I didn't get any swelling. We knew I didn't bruise from it. We kind of knew all those things. So I guess if you're someone that's getting regular treatment, you could then be adjusted a lot closer to show day potentially. Yeah. yeah. Than someone who's not. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's also making sure obviously it was easy for us because obviously we kept in communication quite a lot and obviously I was you know you always kept me up to date with your training as well um, mm -hmm. so I think anyone that is going through some sort of prep before a show I think it's important to uh, keep communication relatively high with their chiropractor just go and work with them that's what I did and it worked out great for us there you go yeah that's all right yeah. um obviously there is obviously that's based a lot on individual bias which is which is great uh, i think at the end of it people need to go out and um, really find out for themselves again there's that there's a very large spectrum uh, of chiropractic technique and it's not about just finding a technique which is good for you but also a chiropractor which understands you as well mm -hmm. i mean it's it's easier for you know if an individual comes to me and they go to the gym you know three or four days a week or you know they're getting ready for some sort of competition or they're an athlete um, you know having gone through that very similar process in the past um, i know what i know what sort of stress their bodies are under and so it's very easy to give them some sort of advice 
um, what also helps as well is actually being able to keep in communication with their coaches. Yeah. So, you know, anyone that has a bodybuilding coach or, you know, a weightlifting coach, whoever it may be, um, if you're able to keep in the loop, then it actually makes things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Really, in, down to the end of it, a lot of it is about communication. Yeah. And in terms of like posing yourself as well, because well, it's kind of two things I want to touch on here is, firstly, if you're out of alignment, say, for example, your hips are out of alignment, that's then going to affect how you train, therefore how you grow. And one of the things you get judged on in bodybuilding, or top thing you get judged on in bodybuilding, is symmetry. Yeah. So when you're training, I guess, that's then going to affect how your training is. You might then grow one quad bigger than the other, which is going to show on stage. When you're posing as well and you can't pose properly because you've got an injury, that then is going to show and that's going to throw a symmetry off on stage. So I guess all of this is going to tie in quite nicely with helping keep that kind of your body working symmetrically and therefore looking symmetrical on stage. Yeah. There's and I could go down a bit of a rabbit hole with this. So I'm going to try and uh, keep it as simple as possible. It's just, it, we'll, we'll go back to the, the first part of um, that conversation where we were talking about keeping everything in alignment. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's very easy to go down that route where you can be like, oh, your pelvis is out of line or, you know, it's, or your legs are one legs longer than the other or whatever it may be. Right. We're, we're all very much built differently and this is this isn't to make you or anyone else wrong um because it is something that we've i think we've been taught um or conversed or read into wherever you've got that information from um we talk about alignment and it's it's again a lot of it is just down to how your brain and your nervous system perceives the rest of your body and we're not all built obviously equally it's, it's, there's no real one size fits all system and when as much as we'd like to think we are symmetrical we're, we're if anything we're, we're far from yeah um, I think the most symmetrical <clears throat> person I've probably ever seen is probably Ryan Reynolds he's pretty symmetrical I suppose he's a good looking bloke isn't he so sorry <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm just a fanboy. What's that? Love Ryan Reynolds here. Like the physique needs to be symmetrical. You know, your yeah. left quad needs to be the same size as your right quad. Your upper yeah. and your lower half need to be in balance of each other. For so sure. that's what I mean by like symmetry and bodybuilding. Yes. Yeah. Like how like could could chiropractor like help that? It could definitely help with that. Yeah, for sure. Again, like getting adjusted. Um, what that will help with is basically allowing the allowing your nervous system come and um how can i say it become less stressed uh, to take pressure off your nervous system and allow your body to function as it should be um i mean you see it you see it all the time especially with people who hold you know you hear a lot of people hold their stress within their shoulders and their neck like it's 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 absolutely incredible like uh, most people when i've adjusted them like you just kind of see them melt yeah and everything just relaxes and you almost just see everything like fall in place so like their shoulders come back so i guess from that sense if someone's a lot more relaxed or their muscles are a lot more relaxed um, then their posing is going to come across a lot more symmetrical 
Yeah. Because I can see when people are like tight, where, you know, someone's got like a left shoulder that's really tight, for example, or something. And then kind of my job then as a posing coach is to make it look like they're a lot more symmetrical than they are. Because, you know, if they were to pose, for example, with both hands out um, in very much like an X-frame pose, I'm like, you can see you're out here. Like, you need to bring 100 hip. You need to, like, kind of move this shoulder a bit more like that. You need to do, you know, you're, you're constantly trying to play around with things. I've got some people where they've got, like, one quad bigger than the other. So I'm like, cool, we can't do any front-facing poses because as soon as you look at it, you see that you're out. So we need to do something that's posed at an angle slightly, twist this, do that, whatever, to hide it all the time. But then you're constantly trying to hide it. Um, And in bikini, actually, uh, and in wellness to a degree, that's going to be a lot easier to hide things. But where you've got kind of your figure athletes, your women's physique athletes, your male athletes, um sort of men's physique I think you can hide a bit more but men's sort of classic men's bodybuilding you you can't hide like you are straight on in those poses that's the rules like you, you've got to work on your weaker areas and bring them up um to your kind of stronger ones so yeah I, I think it is definitely a lot easier and I know from like when you've adjusted me and stuff I can hit my poses easier I can open out more with my um scapula there for bringing my lats out more I can push my lower, you know, push my glutes back more, keep my lower back up, bend there better. Yeah. Some more of my poses. Yeah. So if we if we're using yourself as an example, yeah. Um, you know, with with training, obviously, it can be quite intense, and you can feel very, let's say, like locked up or restricted in around your pelvis and your hips. Um, you know, by getting adjusted in those areas, and by by allowing to alleviate the restrictions within those areas, um, instantly you're going to have more mobility, uh, more flexibility, and yeah. that will also then equate to being able to hit a more uh, a better pose, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be able to. So I think we did quite a bit with my mobility, like twisting mobility, because one side I can twist, whereas the other side I can't twist so well. I think we did quite a lot of work on that, so I could twist in that. We did, yeah. And that side. Again, because obviously we're built so differently, there is always going to be like a dominant side. Yeah. And there's, there's always going to be, and I have to like <laughs> have this conversation with people all the time, and it's like, oh, I can't, you know, lift. They're, they're like, with this leg, I can lift it up to here, and and but this leg, I can only lift up to you know this area, and I'm just like, I'm like, do you know what? it's it's most it's not really an issue in all honesty like again it's going through that process of education mm. of you know we're all built differently um some people are just a lot more bendy or a lot more flexible than others like you know it's um and there's always going to be differences between your your left and your right side so it's like don't get too hung up on it but again if we're Making like a negative thing it's just, it's just how you the best out of what we can to hit the poses that we can the best we can there you go yeah yeah that's it um so what makes you jack different to any other chiropractor what makes me different to any other chiropractor you That's a that's a that's a difficult question. 
um we could go down the philosophical route <laughs> you want to go down jack what's that sorry you go down whichever route you want to go down jack <laughs> um different yes um i think a lot of i think the main difference is with myself um from other chiropractors might be uh, the form of belief and uh, again also possibly experience and understanding of uh, philosophy as well as uh, how the body works i suppose because again every chiropractor is going to have their their level of knowledge of how the body works and again uh, if we're going back to that spectrum of where there's vitalism and then there's mechanism i'd say i'm i'm more towards the vitalistic side where um, all i'll do is i'll i'll adjust you and i'll just uh, and then just allow your body uh, to do whatever it needs to do but uh, it does it has its own level of innate intelligence uh, where it allows your body to function and thrive as it should on a daily basis mm-hmm. um, i think a lot of it is there's not many chiropractors out there that only adjust there is there is a there is there is a group of us yeah um, but a lot of chiropractors you might go and see they might do massage they might do acupuncture uh, they might even do cupping they'll do stretching they'll give you some sort of exercises to do uh, yeah, the exercises and then he did that shockwave therapy thing which i have to say i wasn't really a fan of right. uh, i don't uh, see a thing i haven't really looked into shockwave um much uh, in all honesty so I, I don't have a strong opinion of that uh, it basically just aggravated my shoulder and made it hurt so, so that's a so again that's a lesson in actually just trying to find what works for your body right um, if you know that sh- if you know now that shockwave doesn't work for you then it's just a matter of just trying to find uh, find a different treatment modality which does and in regards to exercises you know personally for yourself is <clears throat> um, obviously knowing your current status and also your level of you know your fitness levels and everything else is i wouldn't even don't think there would really be any exercise that would benefit you other than the ones that you're already doing in regards to your weight training um so there's again there's another debate in that um and again i'm i'm not saying that i'm right um and i'm not here to knowing that that person like you know me, you know how I train, you know what I train. Yeah. You've trained with me loads of times, you know I don't train like a fucking idiot. Yeah. But also, I guess that's knowing me. Whereas if I was someone that you didn't know and I go to the gym and I literally throw the biggest weight around like an absolute idiot, yeah. maybe then you might be like, yeah, maybe you need to change your training up a little bit. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, I guess it's very dependent on the on the client, that one. Yeah, absolutely. So, I I definitely say I'm different to a lot of other chiropractors that maybe other people have come into contact with, um, in the sense that I use very 
the, the only real modality I use is an adjustment um, because in my belief and my philosophy and what stick what sticks with my morals is that that's, that's that's all I'm that's my job that's all I need to do is to make sure you're adjusted make sure your spine and your nervous system is functioning as it should so then that allows your body to then adapt to the surrounding stresses and the environment that you put it in. So why did you personally then come away from, like you said, you did sports massage before you qualified in Cairo. Yep. Um, you were good at it as well, but you've done sports massage on, on me. You're good at it. Why did you decide to come away from that and just focus on chiropractic adjustments instead of your sports massage side of things? Because I guess they're kind of more, injury rehabilitation things kind of different anyway um so that's more like a separate job isn't it than the than the pyro i guess yeah. I, I will say that the, the two do actually really work very well hand in hand um, but i also and again this might this might be a very strong opinion i don't mean to offend anyone but uh, i really feel like massage is just fluff work it's yeah. really it's a matter of just rubbing someone and being like oh yeah you're gonna feel better in a minute you know I'm just going to rub this part that hurt. If you want something rubbed, you know, I'm sure your mum will fucking do that back at home. So it's just, you know. Um, so in, in all honesty, and from what I've seen, again, through a personal experience, um, when um, through you know, looking after patients uh, and people and also seeing uh, people looked after by other chiropractors, like the the results that you see are just absolutely incredible. Like I'll, I'll take one guy, for example, um, that I was looking after. Uh, he basically came in with uh, a disc herniation uh, in his neck. Um, oh. And this was like debilitating to the point where I remember, <laughs> I remember like him coming in for his, uh, for his consultation and he was literally carrying his left arm in his opposite arm, like a sling. Because if he had let his left arm go down, he would just get this burning, numbness and tingling sensation go all the way down his arm. Now, the main issues here was, wasn't just the pain, but the fact that he was also a self-employed carpenter. Mm. So um, if he didn't work, he wasn't earning money. And therefore, he wasn't able to look after his family properly. Right? Um, and for him, in his case, this problem had been going on for so long. Again, going back to the car analogy of the um, yeah. you know, the, the engine light, um, <clears throat> he had just let this go on for so long where it was just absolutely debilitating pain. Um, it was affecting his sleep. It was affecting his, uh, you know, his time with his family and his wife. Um, it was horrible. So, um, you know, I saw him on a very regular basis uh, in the beginning. Um, where I was adjusting his, uh, all I adjusted was his, yeah, his spine to his neck, his upper back and his lower back. Um, and over time, his body healed. We mm. um, slowly got him back to work um, within a few weeks. Um, so he was able to earn money again, look after his family. And <laughs> there was one story um, that he told me that was uh, it was really it was a really beautiful story actually um, he got home from work one day and uh, his I think it was his daughter um, asked if he could take him out 
um, taking down the field on their bikes and you know, their scooters and stuff like that. And in the past, he he would have said no, because he was just like, I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm in pain. Um, but essentially, it got his life back, and he you know he took him out, spent time with his family, and his his wife turned around to him. And because he saw him like pick up his daughter, sort of, sorry, so his wife saw him pick up his daughter and like running around and playing. And, you know, for, for his wife, that was a really beautiful moment where, you know, they saw him laughing and playing. And um, she was like, I haven't seen that part of you in such a long time. Um, and it's, it's those sort of stories, which I never got from being, a sports like a sports injury like rehab therapist um, and you know those every time those those sort of stories they're they're really not uncommon um, within chiropractic um and it, they they just never get old like i remember I'd, and i mean just recently um i had a guy come in um, again he had a disc herniation in his lower back um, where pain was like obviously well, we all heard of the term sciatica yeah yeah um, it basically got to the point where he was having to use a, a walking aid or a walking stick this mm -hmm. guy was 40 years old right and he was having to move around with a walking stick which is absolutely horrendous right at that age um, so I bring him in assess him adjust him and within a couple of weeks he no longer uses the walking aid He's no longer in pain. Um, you know, he feels like he's actually getting his life back now. Right? He can go out, he can walk his dog, um, you know, all that good stuff, right? And <clears throat> I think having seen those, you know, actually gone through that process with someone where they're actually getting their life, but you're not just getting them out of the pain, you're actually, they're actually getting their life back. Yeah. Um, it just, it. just it just really changed it for me and I was just like yeah this is this is what I want like this is this is how I'm gonna actually help people in the community absolutely and things like disc herniations and obviously you can treat yeah scoliosis and stuff can you treat that or not really uh you can treat scoliosis yeah absolutely I mean I have scoliosis um and I get um, personally for myself I get I get adjusted every week uh, but not just because of my back but um, for other reasons obviously like the work that I do as a chiropractor is very physical yeah. um, and then you also like with training as well um, training is a physical stress as well as other things um, so I need to make sure that uh, I'm in as best possible shape as as I can be so then I can look after the people that are coming in uh, to the clinic as well um so yeah scoliosis is absolutely there's there's no reasons as to why you you know can't get adjusted I look after people who have scoliosis as well um it's it there, there can be times where you can have a reduction within the the curvature yeah um but full full correction depending on how it, a lot of it actually depends on how severe yeah it is because there are some people that are unfortunately maybe too far gone and yeah. um they basically they measure scoliosis through what's called a cob angle and they yeah. do it with an x yeah and they do it with an x-ray 
Um, and basically, if they're if they're too far gone, then they most likely need some form of surgery. And the surgery um, is usually metal rods. They call them Harrington rods, and they'll they actually put them either side of the spine to help straighten it out and reduce the curvature. And you, you know, is as, as great as that is, um, and it might be their only problem they're always going to have um, issues further in the future, such as being more, being more mobile. Um, they're probably going to see quicker rates of degeneration within their spine, etc. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, yeah. that is something that you can treat as well. So a lot, I know a lot of people obviously struggle a lot of sciatica, but that's definitely something you yeah. can treat as well, isn't it? So yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i mean i think sciatica is probably one of the most common probably common forms of back pain um that i treat um i mean a lot of the time sciatica can be misdiagnosed by something else mm. whether it is an actual sciatica is basically the the, the disc herniation where the disc is protruded um, onto the actual nerve which runs down your leg uh, which is why you experience the symptoms of pain and numbness and tingling, etc. Um, but I mean, that can also be caused by other issues. It can be called what's called a stenosis, which is basically like a bone growth within the spine. Um, it could be some sort of muscular entrapment as well. Um, so it's uh, a lot of it comes down to the assessment that you do and actually making sure you get the right assessment. And as long as there's no what we call red flags, so anything which, if they get adjusted, they're going to have some sort of adverse effect. Um, the the main one being like a stroke, for example, um, or uh, what they call caudal equina syndrome. Uh, basically, where caudal equina syndrome is basically where there's a compression on the caudal equina in the bottom of the spine, and someone loses all um, loss of function of their their bowel and bladder. Uh, the likelihood of that happening within chiropractic, a chiropractic adjustment is like, you know, you're more likely to get struck by lightning. Yeah. It's, it's those sort of odds, right? Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. There's there's no reason as to why you, you wouldn't have really adjust someone if, if someone does have sciatica. Awesome. As long as it's not like a tumorous mass, which is in their spine, then you're good yeah um so why do you feel like the popularity in terms of like treatment methods so that, like what i mean is that you've got your sports massage you've got your pyro you're cupping you've got scraping mm. you've got i don't even know what there's so many things out there acupuncture acupuncture why would you say that chiropractor isn't as popular as some of the others um that's a really good question actually um good for these questions aren't they? Yeah, they are very good. Yeah, they are very you're very good at interviewing. Um it's yeah, that's a really good question. I know so I think it differs. So like here in the UK, uh in comparison to the States, like in the States, like chiropractic is like really popular. So going back to the conversation earlier of like all major sports teams have a chiropractor, like where you won't see that here um majority of the time in England, like um, I know Ronaldo has his own um, personal chiropractor that he goes to. Um, a lot of them, especially here in the UK, uh, is more like sort of physio dominant. Uh, 
So yeah. I think in the UK, there's roughly like three and a half thousand chiropractors or something. Last time I checked. So amongst like the whole whole of the UK, that's like fuck all. So yeah. and if you compare that to physios, um, I think, and again, I'm, I might be getting the numbers wrong. This is the last time I checked. There was like 50,000 physios within the uk yeah so um so a lot of it is down to dominance with actually in the profession itself um so obviously we know that obviously within the nhs like physio is is a very is very dominant um, uh, whereas obviously chiropractic is more so uh, private yeah private healthcare right and i guess maybe it is that that people then have got this view that well, chiropractic doesn't do anything because I've been taught, why would you go chiro? It doesn't do anything. And I think if, if I didn't know you so well and you hadn't gone down that route, would I then have gone to a chiropractor? Probably not. No. Cause I'd have just gone and kept going sports massage, sports massage, sports, but you know, that works. That's what everyone tells me works. But actually knowing you, the chiropractic care that you gave me is the one that's always fixed the issues that I've had not the sports massage the sports massage will relieve relieve it for a bit yeah but it won't fix it yeah and and again it's just you know a lot of people they get they get really great um results from sports massage which is just awesome that's great like i'm glad they do um and but i've like personally for myself i've seen you know again i've seen like good results with sports massage but it's just another level of results that you get with chiropractic. And there's, I really can't take, I don't think any, any physical therapist, whether they're, you know, a chiro, an osteopath, a physio, they can't take any real credit for helping someone get better. Mm. Um, because all we're really doing, especially as a chiropractor, all we're really doing is um, taking the tension, let's say, out of your spine, your nervous system, and your body does the healing. Yeah. So we are we are essentially like a middleman for your body improving. Yeah. And and going through the right healing process. That's that's really all we do. So, you know, and again, it's that level of education and also communication as well, and just allowing people to understand that it, your body heals. You just need to, one, give it time, and two, you also need to trust in your body as well. Your body can heal. You just I guess as well, it's still nourishing. It's still giving it enough water. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So there is that again. So we, you know, we look at those pillars of health. You know, we make sure we get um, right nutrition. You know, we get um, we get sunlight. We get enough sleep you know um we get exercise etc right so we go i think this probably correct me wrong but i think there's like six pillars to health um, yeah yeah um and you know one of those i believe is you know is, is uh, adding in there is, is chiropractic care there's been multiple times where people have come in to see me and they've had some sort of issue and they've gone through a stage of chiropractic care and they've improved and they've but they've done nothing else um in regards to their health um so it's but again sometimes that can be a case-on-case basis um, i always advise people to exercise yeah um, unless look after themselves through exercise obviously make sure they 
they have a nutritious diet um you know i'm no diet i'm no nutritionist so i can't advise them to eat anything but as long as they eat i guess you know a balanced diet with plenty of fruits and vegetables and proteins etc um but also looking after yourself mentally as well um i mean there's there's plenty of research now that is coming out and and just your state of mind alone can haven't you like meditation and stuff yeah i'm big on meditation yeah yeah and it's um you know the mindset alone can actually change the physiology of your body mm. um and just through that minor change it's just the the results they get are just insane um but again it's it's a matter of actual people trusting in their body's ability to improve because we're not built to be in pain or be in yeah. lack of mobility because um, there are so many times where you know people have come up to me or you know they've gone through their consultation and they've gone to see another professional and that professional said well you know there's nothing more we can do for you or it's it's age related uh, obviously which are again factors to yeah. take into consideration um but it, that doesn't mean it's the end of the line for them. And these are people that are coming in like 50, like 45, 50 years old. And they're just like, it's almost just like they've been just given up. And it's just like, it's so sad to see. I think um, that stems from going to see a GP. I mean, before I saw you, for years, I had issues with my knees, issues with my hips. And I go to the doctor. Uh, it's, everyone gets achy knees Molly. like this is really bad I'm struggling to work because at that point as well so this is before I moved to Texas I was teaching a lot of classes I was like can't teach classes properly I can't move my knees it's really painful uh just you just have to find another job then oh yeah fantastic yeah I'll just get a new job no worries mate and then actually like you come and see someone like yourself you get some adjustment and I'm actually like oh actually like this pain is like not really there anymore i don't have the same issues that i used to have at all there you go and it's i guess it's that culture of where everyone's like that everyone gets a bit achy you'll be all right that you don't seek the help then from other sources like people like yourselves we have been we have been culturally conditioned and uh, a lot of people have been have developed this mindset of you know if they if they have a headache they take this pill yeah. uh, if they have back pain they take that pill if they have a stomach ache they drink this and do you know what I mean the list just really goes on and we're all I guess we're all looking for this this quick fix yeah. and you know through growing up if anything yeah. goes wrong your first portal call is is usually your GP right yeah and, um and I know for a fact that if I mean, a lot of the a lot of the issues that GPs deal with, again, very similar to what chiropractors deal with, and probably physios is back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, headaches. Like if if all of those people went to see like a chiropractor, um, it would take so much more stress off the NHS. Yeah. Be, but unfortunately, there really just there just isn't enough chiropractors. Um, there there generally needs to be more. Um, in order to be able to help 
the larger population. Yeah, to be honest, every time I've been to one, like you're always pretty booked up as well. Always. Yeah, there's all, there's like some that are you know busier than others, and again, a lot of it's down to ethics and morals, and also like the technique you use as well as your ability to actually be able to build a clinic and a brand behind your name um you know there's there's chiropractors that i've met that was seeing like i don't know like close to like 600 people a week right so yeah which is just insane numbers like there's um there was a guy back in the oh, i think it was like the nine it was like the 1940s and I'm trying to remember his name, I don't want to butcher it. Everything's called Clarence Gonstead, and basically he got so busy. At one point, he built um, he built in like a runway mm. near his clinic, so people would travel in. They'd they'd physically like fly in to come and see him. This was in the states, and they also built a chiropractic hospital where people would would go and actually stay to then be seen so and he was seeing like i think he saw up to like two thousand people a week at one point unfortunately that was probably the detriment to his own um to his own doing um so i think that might have spoiled the time was you know family and loved ones and that but um but it just goes to show and but the thing is he wasn't just dealing with people who were like who had back pain and neck pain like he was dealing with like chronically sick people like yeah. these people had ms they had cancer they had just just loads of different things going on they had like you know some of them were going blind or deaf like wherever it may be um but chiropractic has really been watered down into just being pain-based Mm. And, it's, and it's just not the case like you know myself I had a woman come in and she was having digestive issues and I adjusted her and over a course of time her digestive issues they went away oh, wow. um, there's other people that have come in with chronic fatigue um, yeah. again adjust them and over time their energy levels have improved there's people yeah. who can sleep um, and same thing again those people are now sleeping better like it's just it's not just about pain it's actual functionality of people's body and how their nervous system uh, works yeah massively well i need to find a chiropractor up here jack so if you know of anyone up here that would be great because where are you based again northeast near newcastle near newcastle yeah sunderland so 10 minutes from newcastle uh, I can, yeah, I can possibly reach out to someone. I can point you in a direction somewhere. I'll be able to find out. That's fine. Because oh. I won't see you to the end of April. That'd be a while. Which is a while, and I could do with. I mean, you know, I could always do with help in many areas of my life, but that's just. But when you said about the chronic fatigue thing, I'm thinking obviously. I've got some sort of issue at the moment. We don't know what it is. Mm. Potentially, then that could help whatever's going wrong with me. So yeah, that would be really interesting if that could help. It's worth a try. Definitely. 
I've got a question that I got off Instagram. We're not going to share Joe's question because... Um, yeah, no, we can... I feel that one can be skipped. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to know uh, what it was, uh, please message either Joe or Jack um, and, and they will give you the the answer that you've been looking for for the question you didn't know th that you needed the answer for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably don't need the answer for. Um, so my question was, um, someone asked, is it true that once you start going to chiropractic, you have to keep it up? <clears throat> I'm going to use an example. I'm going to try and think of a good analogy. So if you were given one car for the rest of your life you can't you can't have any other car you're literally given one car right and the moment you turn on a 17 wherever it is 16 when you're allowed to drive or let's say even from yeah let's just say from then right um you've given one car how well would you treat that car yeah you would look after it, right? You would make sure you take it to the garage every six months for a service and every year for an MOT. You'd make sure the wheels are changed, the oil's changed. Um, you know, you'd make sure that it's functioning at its best. Right? Yeah. Um, well, if you want your body functioning at its best, then one of the things that you can do, as well as the other pillars of health, of making sure you get plenty of sleep, sunlight, fresh air, water, nutrition, et cetera, right? All those good things. One of those other things you can do is also get adjusted on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, getting adjusted on a regular basis is going to be different or the advice is that you get given is going to be dependent on the chiropractor that you go and see. So earlier we were talking about myself and I get adjusted on a weekly basis, you know, um, with chiropractic care. It's, it is... Uh, private healthcare so i understand maybe not not many people would be able to afford getting adjusted on a weekly basis um however um it's dependent on how much you want to invest in that part of your health um so realistically i would go at least once every four weeks yeah um just to uh, as a i guess you could say as a tune-up Right, to make yeah. sure your body is functioning as it should be. So it's not necessarily like that you have to go every four weeks, but you would advise to go regularly to kind of keep everything in check. That's exactly it, yeah. So let's say, you know, let's take your, your teeth, for example. How often do you brush your teeth? Every day. Right. And you brush your teeth every day for what reasons? Because um, I'd really like white turkey teeth, but unfortunately, okay. I don't have the money for that. I get that. <laughs> I mean, so some of the main reasons why we brush our teeth is to, sorry? Just to look after them, yeah. Yeah, so stop tooth decay, gum disease, right? All that sort of all that bad stuff. And then we also, sometimes we might even floss or we might even use um, mouthwash. Okay. And then we also go see um, a dentist. On a regular basis for a checkup right and these are all preventative measures to stop our teeth from going bad yeah and you can and you can use the same thing for chiropractic right you can use it as a 
um, preventative measure. I mean, you can't completely prevent, you know, injuries. Unfortunately, they are inevitable um, depending on your lifestyle. Um, but you can definitely help to keep them at bay, right? Yeah. Uh, but then you can also use chiropractic as a way of helping your performance. Mm -hmm. So making sure if you get adjusted on a regular basis, that is going to help you in the gym or your chosen field of sport or physical activity. You know, there's um, I look at a lot. I, I look after quite a lot of golfers. Yeah. And the amount of times they come back and they see me and they go you know, my performance is improving. Mm. I'm like, great. Um, there's people in the gym that are getting stronger, getting fitter. There's runners that are, that are running further. There's people that are jumping higher. You know, it's just, you don't just have to use it as a form of pain relief. You can also use it as a way of helping your performance as well. Absolutely. Um, another question for you. Yeah. You like a car analogy, don't you, Jack? I like a what? Like a car analogy. I do, yeah. What's your dream car? What's my dream car? Yeah. Um, what are you driving at the moment, actually? What are you driving at the moment? Then we'll go for your dream car. I'm driving a Volkswagen Polo. Well, that was your brother's one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah nice. Still got the Polo. I do, yeah. Um, what's I'm my dream car? Clio. Sorry? I've been up in the world since the Clio. Nice. Big moves, Jack. Big moves. Yeah, I've upgraded. Um, oh, my dream car. I don't really... I think... I'd really like a like a car which has... Uh, it's going to be something horrendous. I can tell by the way you're saying this. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of... Wheels? <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think of something that has like functionality to it. Like, you know, I, I think just from an egotistical standpoint, it's very easy to say, you know, you'd like a, you know, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something like that. Or... Right, like this is your dream car, right? You can have a Lamborghini, but you can also have your Polo to get you to Sainsbury's and back if you don't want to yeah. take that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, see, I'm very minimalistic by nature. So in regards to like materialistic objects, and I'm not like, I'm not that fast, so, so it's quite a difficult question. I think Where, it's easy. Like I know my dream car is an Aston Martin DB5. Okay, fair. All right. Uh, I think I'd like a like a Land Rover. Like you know, one of those those um big is it a Land Rover or you know one of the trucks with like the um the sheet at the back which like covers up the. Do you know what I'm on about? The big metal sheet that like goes over the 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 back of the truck. Yeah, but that's in a lot of trucks. A what? In a lot of trucks. Yeah, I think it's. I want to say it's a Land Rover. I can't remember. What, I can't it's remember a Defender. What it is. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. You went. Yeah, I think I'd like one of those. Like something quite big, chunky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. Old Defenders are pretty cool, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and let's give you one more little random question. Sure. Um, let's tell everyone what your dogs are called. Uh, yeah, sure. So I have uh, two family dogs, which are Jugs. Um, if you don't know what Jugs are, they're a cross between a Jack Russell and a Pug. 
Um, so we have two. We have a mum, which is called Peppa. Uh, and then we also have a puppy. Well, she's no longer a puppy. She's actually like two years, two years old. I think she's three this year now. Yeah, she was born in London, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I want to say she's three years this year. Yeah. Yeah, born in, uh, I think they were born in December, November, December time. Uh, but she's called Pickle. So they're Pepper and Pickle. They're very cute as well. Yeah. Yeah, those are quick fire questions. One last question that everyone gets is if you, if, if anyone listening could take one thing away from this podcast, what would it be? Um, venture into if you want to take your health or your yeah let's say health let's take your health to another level uh, which you didn't deem was possible go see a chiropractor um, and I would personally go see one that is more on the I guess what you deem the vitalistic spectrum awesome and if anyone's got any questions and they want to find you i'm gonna say you're not the best answer on instagram are you better now no i'm, I'm a lot better now yeah. a lot better that's good so if anyone wants to find you on instagram to ask you a question um that they thought about whilst listening to this where can they find you to um so if they want to get hold of me um my instagram is jack.wilson dc um you can find me there i'm probably most active there if you want to Add me on Facebook. I'm on there as well. It's just as Jack Wilson. I don't use that as much. Um, and I mean, if you did want to get, um, if you did want to book in uh, for a consultation, uh, you're more than happy to contact the clinic at Exeter Chiropractic Clinic um, in Exeter. Awesome. And they can find you there. You coming to PCA Southwest as well? We're going to see you there. Uh, I will be there. Yeah. You'll be there. So you come and like find girl over Jack if you weren't. Yeah, that'd be fun. You like that? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, awesome. So thank you so much for coming on, Jack. And anyone that's listening, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow um, Thickcast Podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. Um, please share it on your story. Tag me and Jack in it. Show your friends. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Cool, thank you. Once it's up, let me know and I'll share it as well. You need to say bye to everyone. Oh, sorry. Bye, guys. Thank you, Jack. Thank you.